You're listening to a Sim Media podcast. In a world of iconic riffs, immortal solos, the highest notes, and the most guttural growls, the debate of the greats has raged on for decades. And we settle them here. This is The Great Metal Standoff. Ladies and gentlemen of the rock and roll, punk, prog, hardcore, thrash, and heavy metal community, my name is Jason Evans, and this is The Great Metal Standoff, the podcast that pits music's greatest albums in track-by-track combat. We've got a punk battle lined up for you on this occasion. And joining Imran and I will be someone within our little local radio group that we've been trying to get on the show all year. Now, for context, this show, The Great Metal Standoff, runs as the side podcast for Sin's main punk and heavy metal radio show, Mosh Pit on Sin, which this year, in 2021, is hosted by previous guest on the show, Ben Holt, and one of Mosh Pit's newest contributors, Hannah Pratt. Given that Ben has appeared on this show three times before, taking part in the battles Dream Theater vs. Queensryche, Nickelback vs. Creed, and Exodus vs. Annihilator, check those out if you haven't, Imran and I have been wrapping our brains trying to work out what the right battle should be for his co-host Hannah to make her standoff debut. And Imran, proving why he's now a co-host of this show, found just the battle to get her involved. Ramones Rocket to Russia vs. The Clash, London Calling. Two albums beloved by diehard punk rock fans. But with it being my first proper deep dive into both albums, my only exposure being London Calling The Song, I was left with more questions than answers as to why they are so beloved. But with Hannah joining us to break down the songs, now's my time to find some appreciation for these albums. Here's how the battle will go. Every album battle will be contested in track-by-track format by our podcast panel. Each individual panellist will select a winner of each pairing. The winning track receives a point to that individual's tally score. Tracks on albums that go uncontested can receive a tally point if a panellist awards it a gold star. 14 vs 19, that will definitely be needed. Once the battle is over the album with the highest tally score will receive one grand point for that album. If a panellist tally score results in a draw, both albums will receive a half grand point each. And finally, the album with the most grand points will be declared the winner. And with that, part of what makes the pinnacle of punk goes one-on-one. It's Rocket to Russia versus London Calling. Roll the audio. Imran, my trusty co-host. Jason, my trusty lead host. Lead host, I like lead lead host, rhythm host, love it. It is it has taken us a better part of the entire year to get our guest on today. It's we're finally getting to know one of the newest members of Mosh Pit for 2021. Hannah Pratt is here, and it took Imran goading her in with Ramones and the Clash. Hannah, welcome. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Pleasure to be here. Very excited. Um, yeah, I guess I'm just just hard to hard hard fish to catch unless you just put some classic punk in the air, and then I'm like, okay, you got my attention. 
Exactly. Well done, Imran, with suggesting this battle for her. Thank you very much for that. Hell yeah. So, Hannah, let's get to know you a little bit. You joined the show at the start of the year. Actually, let's break it down. How was joining Moshpit? When was it that you joined? And how has it been working with Ben, our trusty EP, who's been on this show before and he's been an encyclopedia? He is an absolute beacon of knowledge, that that chap. Um, Yeah, so my journey with Sin started earlier this year in 2021. Uh, mostly because I just went, uh, this is something I've always wanted to do. So let's just go ahead and do it. If not now, when? Um, and very, very fortunately, Mosh Pit was the first show I applied for and got onto. And I think that's worked out for the best, if I don't say so myself. And it's been great working with Ben as well. Has it been exploring the world of punk and heavy metal from an entirely different lens? Or just through Ben's perspective of the entire world? Because he's got a far-flung music taste. <laughs> a smorgasbord of options he presents to me every week. Um, it's been very exciting because obviously I love sharing music with people, music that I love, um, but it's also really exciting um, to hear what other people are listening to, particularly Ben every week, and we also had a Listener's Choice episode a few weeks ago, which was fun. Um, but yeah, it's been a fun journey to kind of figure out that I'm more into metal than I thought I would be, so that's always good. <laughs> what was What was your gateway into that metal world then? Uh, I, I couldn't give you a specific track. I'm going to sound like a real fake fan now, but just listening back throughout the weeks, it's been uh, really interesting to, to be listening to tracks and being like, oh, hey, this isn't so bad. So, yeah, that's really fun. All right. What was your gateway in general to the world of rock or punk and all that kind of thing? Um, this was kind of a journey I had to forge myself in the sense that growing up, I wasn't really exposed to a lot of this stuff. Um, I'm coming from a household that listened to, like, ABBA, and Frank Sinatra. Not that there's anything wrong with those choices, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think in high school, maybe like in year nine or year ten, so maybe like ten or so years ago now, just kind of people lending me CDs, uh, my older brother playing stuff in the background, just finding stuff that was a little more aggressive and a little more intense and a little more fun. Any specific bands? Any specific bands? Um, I may regret saying this later but one of the first bands that really opened my eyes to punk was Sex Pistols um I was really into like classic bands like Blondie and things that I probably didn't really realize had that crossover into pop and punk and rock um and I've always I suppose I've always been drawn to to bands with high intensity like high energy um and I always love you know knowing that there's a female in the band as well that always really helps but in answer to your question, in a very roundabout way, yeah, probably bands like Sex Pistols and The Ramones, which is probably good for tonight. <laughs> it um, is. And that classic kind of vibe, yeah. When this battle was proposed to you, Hannah, Rocket to Russia by The Ramones versus London calling The Clash, what immediately went through your head? Uh, immediate thoughts were, well, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but there were kind of a few options presented to me, so it was kind of hard to narrow that down. But my immediate thought was, okay, Clash, I'm in, big tick, London calling. Cool, happy to talk about that. Um, and then the Ramones are a band that I was quite into um, when I was a bit younger and I was just really excited at the prospect of revisiting them and exploring them in a bit more depth. Yeah, well, actually, well, let's talk about the other bands that we proposed. Imran was the person who came up with all those suggestions for you. What, what was... Um... Thank you, Imran. Yeah, no so worries. Imran, go through what was suggested and just break down what your thought process was. Yes, so... Where, so I had the Kinks, I had the Dead Kennedys, I had the Ramones, and the Clash. And Sex Pistols as well. And Sex Pistols, I did add that, because that's a classic, obviously. 
can't can never go wrong. Yeah, I I mean I was working around the clash because Jason had told me that you really like the clash. So I just thought, you know, classic punk, I had to I had to add, you know, the kinks, the Ramones, the Sex Pistols, obviously. And yeah, I mean, I never really got heavy into punk, but I've always loved punk. Like the the sound of it, the energy, just every, the, the vibe. I, I like I don't really go to mosh pits like much in terms of concerts and stuff, but if I was ever to mosh to music, it'd be punk. Like I just want to run around in circles and just go ham. And it's just always good fun to listen to. The Kinks especially, I really like. And Dead Kennedys have got some great tracks, like super fun. Yeah, I'm glad that we did the Ramones and London Calling. London Calling, I've always loved. I like I've listened to that a few times. But the Ramones, I haven't actually listened to much. Like, which is, I guess, maybe blasphemy. I don't know. But it was really, it was really nice to listen to the Ramones because it's just like something new, something I could like kind of put two, it's like two albums, one that I kind of know and one that I don't really know, like together. And I feel like maybe it's a bit more of an unbiased contest. Um, but no, the Ramones was very fun. I don't want to spoil too much, but I had a very good time listening to that album. I'll give you this for free. I'm with you, Imran. It's my first deep dive into The Clash and The Ramones. So uh, it's it's new territory for me. And honestly, it's gonna. it took a little while, me personally. I'm, I guess I'm just more classic rock or the metal head, I guess. So punk was, was a sharp deviation from what I normally listen to. And it's taken some time. So I'm glad we have Hon- I'm glad we have Hannah on the show so that we, so that I can develop a newfound respect for the Ramones because first impression of the Ramones weren't that positive for me. I'm just going to say that immediately out of the gate. Spicy. I hope I'm not saying too much sacrilege. No, I feel like we may get into this later, but I feel like that's not a heavily contested opinion in that it's probably a relatively common held opinion. Whereas London Calling, pleasant surprise, pleasant surprise on some of these tracks. I can't wait to get involved. Aren't you two? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sorry, you go, Imran. No, that was the end of my statement. Just, oh, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm really happy that you said that, Jason, because I feel like this album is what I'm going to be associated with for all of the Mosh Pit followers because it's the second time I've spoken about it. But I made Ben listen to it a few weeks ago and he had the same result that he was pleasantly surprised, which makes me very happy. So I'm keen to do a deep dive and get your thoughts on it as well. Uh, that's London Calling, right? Yes, London Calling. Oh, okay. Sweet. We've had enough talk. It's time to get to the action. Timekeeper, ring that bell. So let's begin. Cretton Hop versus London Calling, the opening track to this battle. Let's get this started. Let's start off with our trusty guest, Hannah. Trusty. Okay, I guess I guess you might be changing that um, title once we get further into the battle. But let's do it. Um, so really good to find out. I don't know if this was intentional, Imran, when you pick these albums, but it's both of these bands' third albums. So, like, strength in numbers, I guess. Yeah. It definitely wasn't intentional, but no. (laughs) Just take it. Just take it. Just say yes. (laughs) Um, I think uh, as opening tracks, these are pretty good examples of kind of the UK punk scene versus the uh, American punk scene at the time. Um, You know, I think Cretan Hop, Cretan Hop, however you want to pronounce it, the Ramones track. Um, If if you're into, like... (laughs) three chords, mop tops and leather jackets, then this is definitely the band for you. I think this song does exactly what it says on the label, as in it's sharp, sharp and sweet. It's catchy. It does 
you're not going to get too much out of it, but you're going to enjoy it. Um, as opposed to London Calling, which I think is such a more intense, dramatic, uh, gripping sound. I think it's a really good way to kick off an album. It's uh, For most people, I might be going out on a whim and saying that, but I think it's a lot more easily identifiable. It's one of the bands, The Clash's bigger hits. Um, and just for that reason alone, I think it probably has my vote on this one. I'll probably have to agree with you with the vote. London Calling, I think... They're both great songs. They're both great intros to to both albums. Crent and Hop, I really like the big blaring guitar intro. Just immediately in your face. It's fast paced. It's just a good intro to an album, especially a Ramones album. It's, you know, the I really like the drums specifically in like in this whole album, but specifically in this song. It's just everything is kept at pace. It's fast paced, it's punchy. It's it's a Ramon song basically. This is yeah. Um, I really like also the um, like the call and response part with the the one two three four and then the um, goes back into the song. It's just it's a really fun cool song. But yeah, like you said, London calling. I, it's like it's a bit more dramatic. It's a bit like it's a bit more intense. It's I really like the bass line uh, particularly. Um, everything about it is catchy like there's just so many parts that just grip you and just get stuck in your head and I really like I don't know the singer's name of the clash but I really like the singer he's got like just an interesting voice it's almost like he's narrating instead of singing is like a storyteller rather than just like singing a song so yeah and I really particularly like in London calling the part where like the guitar feedback and like the weird manic laughing kind of comes in that leads into the solo. I I love songs that do that. Yeah. It's, you know, it's repetitive. It's just, it's punchy. It's not as punchy as Cretan Hop, but it's still got that bop to it. So yeah, I think London Calling, I think is kind of the, I don't want to say obvious choice because I don't want to discredit Cretan Hop, but London Calling easy. You use the word catchy, I use the word bouncy. It's basically the same thing. Pretty much, yeah, isn't it? <laughs> but I think just based on uh, uh, based on its legacy alone, London Calling for me, not sure about... Yeah, London Calling, easy pick. That's an easy pick. Can I also jump in with a little fun fact about London Calling? I don't know exactly what the, the I suppose, translation is, but at the very end of the song, there's like some beeping and that's actually Morse code. Um, I can't remember what it's what it's actually saying, but it's like an SOS kind of code, which is a fun uh, little oh. bit to pop in the song. I think it really adds to, as you were saying, Imran, it really adds to like the storytelling aspect of it. It makes it that much more bigger and, 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 and true to life in a way. Yeah, definitely. That was an easy one, I think. London Calling gets the point. Track two, Rockaway Beach. Rock, rock, rockaway beach versus brand new Cadillac. This one's competitive. Did, I don't think I walked away from Rocket to Russia with that much of a positive opinion, but Rockaway Beach was a positive point for me. That was a high note. I would agree with that. I I listened to this. I haven't listened to this song ever, but I listened to this for the first time literally today, maybe like three hours ago. And... I found myself in the first chorus already singing along to to the chorus. It was that catchy. Yeah. I it's got like this weird 90s punk vibe like um like I don't I don't want to say ahead of its time but like it's got that like feel of like a 90s teen movie. Just like very it's kind of surfy almost. It's like surf punk. 
that's weird yeah that that's a uh, pretty but, good description of it actually i my yeah. view yeah cruisy but then again riffage is pretty basic but i mean you know it's a fairly fine hook yeah well i mean i i noticed as well with the with the ramones i should probably mention now it's like this whole album is very it's very simple and basic um it's it's reminds me of that argument we had uh jason about nirvana where oh i don't think we had it but you mentioned i presented the argument yeah about how they were just like simple kind of yeah just like basic songs and i think it's the same argument here with the ramones is that they're simple songs but they do the job like it's that's all you need really it's just a few chords you know really catchy hook some you know some fun little breaks i like the little weird guitar break in that song um it's just it's a it's a good time and it does the job yeah i there's really not much to say other than it's a good song it's a very solid song brand new cadillac on the other hand is very different or well, not different in terms of these two songs i think both of these songs are very surfy but for london calling like as an album like it kind of switches up a little bit because you go from London Calling as a song of like this really bouncy, catchy kind of song to this. Uh, it's a bit more chill. It's a bit. It's a bit fun. I really like the like the rumbling bass, the the kick drums and stuff. It's got like a bit of a Chuck Berry feel to it almost. But yeah, it's like it's it's a bit bluesy, a bit a bit surfy, very different. Like just going from that first track to the second track, not so much jarring, but just like. Mm. I've lost my words. You got any words, Hannah? <laughs> I got a couple of words. Um, Imran, if you if you want to pick up where you left off, just interrupt. I think I agree. I think I think you've both used some pretty good descriptive words, like like particularly for um, sorry, lost my train of thought. Particularly for brand new Cadillac, it's like a rolling kind of track. I think it's really good. Um, I wonder if it surprises you to know that this song is a cover. Oh, oh is that I did right? not know that. Mm, which I, I think is kind that. of interesting to have the yeah I think it's kind of interesting to have the second song on your album be a cover I think the original one's from uh 1950s I think I think it's 1959 like right on the cusp of the 60s and it's a little more it's still like a bit of a surfy song I'd probably describe it as like a rockabilly more classic rock kind of vibe yeah I got that down too yeah I think I think the Clash have done a really good job of kind of making it their own um, you know the original song Vince someone do with that information what you will. I can't remember his last name. <laughs> um, I'd suggest listening to it though. It's still a pretty decent track. Um, I think I think the Clash, particularly, I think I can say this on a cover. I think they're a really good band because they they're very aware of what's come before them. They're very aware of their place in the music industry, and I think in a way of what is to come. So I think that this is a kind of a nice little homage to a previous track, while also making it like quite gritty and clashy and. Um, I think it's Joe Strummer who sings on this track. His voice is like really emphatic, especially when he's like yelling in his high register, like Jesus Christ kind of bit. Do you know the bit I'm referring to in the track? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's pretty like tough, gritty track as opposed to the Ramones Rockaway Beach, which is a very like bubblegum pop, bubblegum punk, carefree, cruisy teen movie, like teen beach movie, like you kind of said before. Very different tracks. I think. I think I just have to go with brand new Cadillac, though. I think it's just oh, there's just something about it. <sighs> My decision might end up being Rockaway Beach. Imran, you with me on that? Or oh, it, it's a competitive uh, battle. This one. It's very competitive. These are both like really like 
it's a bit competitive because they're both really solid songs. They're both catchy. They're, I like I'm a sucker for the for like the more bluesy kind of stuff, but also Rockaway Beach is just a good song. It's it's fun and it's like that. Well, that was a song that was immediately catchy in my head. Um, yeah, to those points. Yeah, it's similar. It it's nothing spectacular. You're not you're not going to get that much high art out of it. But yeah, it's just a simple, fun, cruisy song. Yeah, I think I might pick Brand New Cadillac. Righto. Oh, that was a twist I was not expecting. I was fully expecting you to be hands down Rockaway Beach. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the Clash Club. Um, I just want to jump in. I forgot to make this point earlier. Something about you said, Imran, that like the Ramones are like pretty much king of if you find something that you're good at, stick to it in the sense that a lot of their songs sound the same and you would be forgiven for thinking that. Like even me listening back to Rocket to Rush from going, oh, this song, is this this song or is this a different song? So yeah, pick oh, three Hannah, chords and stick I'm to getting, it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting to those grievances eventually. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool, cool. But yeah, they're like, pick something, be good at it, and stick to it. Four chords, let the jacket, done. (laughs) That's a very apt description. Alright. Here today, gone tomorrow. Now, this is where I start complaining. Versus Jimmy Jazz, no contest for me, Jimmy Jazz. That song took me by great surprise. It's like, wow, this is a punk band, and we're getting a jazz-ish song. Damn. You immediately pick Jimmy Jazz. That's all. Okay. I'll, I'll say I I do have a point against it. I didn't like the whole point where they start spelling him out J A Z Z J A Z Z Jimmy Jazz. But God, they, come on, they're sax, saxophone. Come on. This is a very <laughs> tough choice for me because these are. I really like both of these songs. I, really. I think, I think here today, gone tomorrow is a good little switch up in in the Ramones album because you've got two songs that are both kind of fast paced really like fun uh like punk songs you know like you you think the Ramones you think yeah fast paced three chords having a good time you know doing doing what the Ramones do and then suddenly you've got like a clean acoustic guitar or something with some nice little chords with some laid back vocals well I mean the vocals are always kind of laid back and a bit lazy but like it's just it's a bit different and I was like I was a bit taken aback like oh this is not what I was expecting from the Ramones. And I really liked it. I really liked the cymbal sounds specifically on the drums. Um, I liked the little switch up in the bridge, like with the, in the way the melody and the chords move. It's just, I think it's just a nice, simple little song. Jimmy Jazz as well. I, I was pretty surprised at this song as well, because it's, well, it's jazzy. And, you know, the, I really like the bass uh, line in this specifically it's very rhythmic I kind of get like Elvis vibes almost like there's this kind of walking bass thing going there's a nice little chord progression there's some acoustic guitars in it there are horns in it that's very cool the sax solo obviously as you said Jason I'm a sucker for a sax solo the saxophone is the sexiest instrument ever and you cannot change my mind about that yeah 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 I think we're three for three on that one that the sax is Mm-hmm. Good stuff, and that's just the start of some good sax playing on the uh, on the Clash. Hey, side note: Did you guys know that? Um, did you guys know that the saxophone was banned by the Catholic Church at one point, and they called it the Devil's Horn? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I wish I was making that up. <laughs> oh, that's funny! <laughs> wow. Oh man. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm glad it wasn't banned in this song because oh, that was a good sax solo. 
Yeah, I really like the the kind of 1950s smoky bar vibe from this song. I'm going to need you guys to pick first because I'm still a bit torn. I suppose I'll jump in. Um, another Another little like fun fact. The fact that you say this is kind of reminiscent of Elvis is cool because on the cover of London Calling, I don't know if you boys looked it up, but it's it's Paul Simonon smashing his bass and it says London oh. Calling. Yeah, and the font they use is from an Elvis album. I so knew that. Is it really? I knew that from you, Jason. It is. I don't. I don't recall ever saying that. Wow. <laughs> was it? From, it was from. Ah, oh, where did I know that? I said it on I... Mosh Pit a few weeks ago. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, I just thought that was, a, that was a good little tie-in. And if I couldn't say it then, then I was going to miss the opportunity to say it. <laughs> um, this is another good track in the sense that it helps further demonstrate my point that The Clash are like quite aware of what came before them and, and their place. Like, it's a punk band. You wouldn't expect a jazzy-style song. You know what I mean? So I, I kind of just respect them for that alone. That's where this track gets a point for me. And then um, Here Today, Gone Tomorrow was just kind of boring. Um... As I said in my previous point, there was a couple of tracks in this album that start and I thought they were a different song. Like I thought Here Today, Gone Tomorrow, starting off, I thought it was a different Ramones track called Needles and Pins. And then it took the singing to come in for me to realise otherwise. Um, I know that Joey Ramone has quite a, a, not quite nasally, but he has a real American twang. But I think he plays it up a little bit too much in this song and it just irked me a little bit. Um, I just think something else needed to happen in it. I'm not sure what, but it was missing something. So for me, it is Jimmy Jazz. But I do agree with your point, Jason, about we know how to spell jazz. You don't need to tell us 80 times. So <laughs> I think I think you've summed up my criticism of Here Today, Gone Tomorrow too, because Joey Ramone's voice, very moany sounding. <laughs> mm. And it's only the beginning. Only the beginning. Yeah. Imran, where's your point line? I have to pick now. Um... I have to pick the saxophone solo. Yes. That's how I make most of my life decisions, if there's a saxophone solo. (laughs) Yeah, if it has a saxophone solo, I'm going to go towards it. (laughs) Yeah, we love the sax. And again, that's just a precursor of what's to come. All right, Locket Love versus Hateful. I've got to talk about Hateful immediately again, Imran and Hannah. We went from surprising jazz song in Jimmy Jazz. Hateful sounds like a folk song. It does a little bit. I thought this was very punk, this song. It's like someone who's classified as a punk band. So far in the album, not many of these songs are really punk in the traditional sense. But once I got to Hateful, I was like, yeah, this is a punk song. You know, I thought, and even even the fact that it's got like the shakers in it, it's got a very, it's very rhythmic. Um, the chorus is like really big. It's got like lots of voices going through it, which is very punk. A lot of punk songs do that. I like the slight groove change in it. Like I thought it was really cool that in the the little guitar solo, I thought at first it was a harmonica, but then they ended up bringing a harmonica later into the song, if I'm not mistaken. Is that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a harmonica in this one. I thought that was very cool. So that gives it more of its twangy sound, does it? Yeah, I think, yeah. It definitely adds to the folk vibes. Um, Yeah, it's just, that's a very fun song. It's it's just a good time. Contrastly, Lock at Love. Lock at Love. Um, I liked the harmonies in the chorus, but it's very repetitive and catchy, like I guess the Ramones always do. Their signature. Yep. I mean, yeah, after Here Today, Gone Tomorrow, they go back into that fast-paced classic Ramones stuff. Apart from that, 
there wasn't really much that stood out with this song to me. Yeah, same with me. Not much stood out with me. So just on that note, hateful for me. Hannah, what do you reckon you'll do? Uh, I don't reckon. I'm pretty positive. Um, I think that, yeah, Locket Love starts off pretty catchy and engaging and then it just continues at the same pace. It kind of flatlines in a way. Do you know what I mean? Um, it sounds... I know I mentioned there were like bubblegum pop, bubblegum punk earlier, but this is probably the most bubblegummy, in-your-face, bright colour toys kind of vibe I got out of the whole album, I think. Um, they could have just done... This is, this is what I wrote in my notes. It's so catchy not beat, but I feel like they could have done something else, anything else, even a solo to chuck in there. <laughs> um, for me, Hateful Wins, just because there's so much more happening. I like... I think the instruments really... Um, for lack of a better phrase, fill, quote-unquote. They fill in this track in the way that the Ramones track is missing. For example, I think that there's a kind of a nice call and response, if you will, between the, the vocals and the drums. It's like... Dun, 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 dun. And even that in itself, there's just something happening. It gives it another level above the Ramones. So it's a winner for me. Same. The Clash are off to a flyer. They are off to a flyer on this battle. For me, it's 3-1, London Calling, and for Hannah and Imran, it's 4-0. I wonder what I wonder what kind of momentum shift we will need to see for the Ramones to turn this around. But definitely not. I don't care. Definitely not that. Oh, Rudy, but that goes up against Rudy Kahnfeld. Those backup vocals in I don't care. <laughs> Dear I don't idea. care. I really don't. <laughs> Dearie me, those backup vocals on that song. Thank goodness that song's a minute and a half because production-wise, it sounds not fun. It's Maybe, I guess, it's a garagey kind of sound. Those backup vocals, Imran. Those backup vocals, Hannah. Deary me. I'll tell you what. That was probably the only part of the song that stood out to me. <laughs> I thought the vocals were pretty sassy. But, yeah. Like, apart from that, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Whereas Hannah, I... I would like to propose this to you. Rudy Can't Fail, in the very beginning, it sounds somewhat Rolling Stones-ish, instrumentally. Yeah, I get that. I think I get that a little bit. I could further on it, but I think Imran would be better. Maybe it's just recency bias after doing the Rolling Stones debut, because that's the the sort of sound I took away from at least the beginning of Rudy Can't Fail. I can hear that. I like the... um, It's got that, like, very upbeat... Um, like very straightforward feel. Um, once it switches to that like slow halftime groove, um, it's almost got like this reggae feel to it, like with the off bits, which I thought was very cool. Um, yeah, it's I could hear the the Rolling Stones kind of influence there. There's a there's a bit of that gone. I like how the melody kind of moves in the song there because it kind of descends and then it fits nicely into that chorus. Um, just kind of resolves really nicely. I think it's just a really fun song. It's very funky. It's like kind of ends with that like big jam, especially that like kind of half halftime groove. I really like that. Uh, first of all, I have to. The song is what a minute, so I have to get this out of the way. Keep it short and sweet. I don't care. We get it. You don't care. Stop singing. Change the song. Stop it. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> On to my next point. Yep. <laughs> On to my next point. Um. I think Rudy Can't Fail is... It's something I wouldn't usually listen to as a standalone track, but it works well on the album, I think. Um, and also another another fun fact. Bring in the fun facts. This isn't the first time that Rudy appears in the Clashback catalogue. 
Um, they also mention the phrase Rudy can't fail or the character, I suppose, Rudy in a track off their previous album, Give Him Enough Rope. So I like that they kind of brought the reference through. Um, and yeah, there's just, as I mentioned in my previous point, there's just more happening in this track, which makes it an instantly better listen in my opinion. So hard pass on Ramones here. Big ups to Clash. Hee hee. Yeah. Yep. Yes. We don't, yeah. Say that one more time, Hannah. <laughs> we don't care that you don't care. Yeah, we get it. You don't care. I don't care. We don't care. Move on. <laughs> That's right. Rudy can't fail. Gets the point. Just despite. I don't care. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> this, yeah, the the long illustrious spite point. All right, Sheena is a punk rocker versus Spanish bombs. Hannah, this is a bit more competitive. I'd like to hear your thoughts. My thoughts is that. Gosh, now I have to think of my thoughts. Um, <laughs> uh, Spanish bombs is a pretty strong track in the sense that it brings it back to our point earlier of. It's a, it's a bit more storytelling, I think. I think this whole album, there's quite a bit of storytelling woven through it. Um, and I really like just the, the pretty simple guitar in it. Pretty sustained notes. However, right, get brace yourselves. I think Sheena is a punk rocker, as a standalone track, is much more feel-good and instantly recognisable, and you just kind of want to have a bit of a boogie to it. So that's actually got my point. I'm giving a point to Ramones here. Um, I might have to agree with that. I, I did really like Spanish Bombs. I really liked the chord progression in it. It was really nice. Um, kind of like the riff kind of reminded me of the song London Calling. Yeah. I, I like how just everything like kind of moved nicely. Kind of reminded me of like, it, well, it gave me the vibe of like, if you slowed it down, it'd be like, it like kind of a, a song you'd play at night with like a bunch of reverb on it. Um, something you'd play just like while staring across a river or whatever it was a nice song but sheena is a punk rocker it's i don't know it was really fun it was i liked the bass over like the main riff like how i felt like the bass kind of did more in that song it was there was kind of this uh like bluesy kind of vibe to it like this almost a chuck berry feel it's another like repetitive ramon song but it's just fun and I think I had a better time listening to Sheena as a punk rocker than I did with Spanish Bombs. So, Ramones for me. Hmm. Sheena is a punk rocker. This is still... I'm still having a few gripes. I'm looking at my notes here. I still wasn't a fan of the vocals of the whole thing. But, yeah, and it still gets a bit repetitive. Spanish Bombs. They're both perky songs, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I think perky is a great word to describe these two tracks. Yeah. Do you know what? I think just because I crapped on I don't care a lot in the previous one, let's reward them let's reward them with another point. Why the hell not, eh? Yeah, the Ramones. <laughs> is that a sympathy point to the Ramones? Ah, is it? Uh <laughs> I guess we're gonna need a f we'll be finding out by by the end of the battle, I think. Sheena is a Yeah, it's a perky song. Noisy and bouncy. So yeah, let's reward it with a point. Not not to dismay Spanish Bombs, because that's actually not a bad song either. Again, it's a perk up. It's got a bit of pace about it, but yeah, still got that mid-tempo sound. Yeah, Sheena is a punk rocker. Let's... Why not? It's took, taken a bit of convincing, but we'll do that. Okay, we're a happy family versus the right profile. Okay, Hannah? Um, we're a happy family. Another song, when it started, I was like, is this Pinhead, which is a different Ramon song? It was not. 
Uh, we're a happy family. Yeah, I mean, sure, it kind of touches on social issues of the time and, like, the hidden lives of other people. And I really like the outro at the end, like, all the, the voices over the top, like, what is minimalism? Where are my socks? Where are my safety pins? Like, a bit of a sense of humour that the Ramones bring to it, which I really like. I thought that was just um, ambience but... from a local park, so, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually, like, properly, like, listening. I was like, what are they saying? Yeah, there's a few little, like, bits and bobs in there, which is quite funny. But it definitely comes in second place because it's just so repetitive um and also the right profile based on a real person so that's cool but for me alone that track just wins because of when the vocals kick in it says new york new york i love i'm like obsessed with that like little harmony they do i think it's so amazing and also the clash have another horn section in there so simple simple choice for me really imran fair enough um the right profile. I this was another song where the the guitar riff and the rhythm kind of reminded me of the song London Calling, but I liked this one a bit better than Spanish Bombs. It was just I think it just clicked a bit better. Um, I really like the piano, like the low notes they do in this. It kind of just gives it a bit more, makes the sound more full, and just bigger. I like the little details on the drums, like it's very straightforward drums throughout the whole song, but. There's like these little details and little feels that he does that is just really nice. It really like caught my attention as well. Um, the guitar riffs are like very surfy, bluesy kind of stuff. There's like a, I think it's like a phaser or a chorus on it. I love that kind of sound as well. Just like the weird, like the kind of watery guitar sound. The sax solo, obviously. How could I forget that? Um, yeah. Um, you know, we're a happy family. It's a cool song. I like the chord progression. I like the little like off off rhythm like riff in the bridge. Really gives me very like Aussie Bogan garage rock punk vibes. But yeah, I think the right profile is the winner here. I think we're in agreement again. Yeah, right profile. But I think for me, right profile is just spiting we're a happy family in my view. Oh, it's not a, it's not that bad of a song. It's it's like objectively fine, in my opinion. Right. Okay. What have I got in my notes here for the right profile? Is it fair to call it some somewhat of a dancey kind of song? I'd dance to it. Well, I guess if a song's good enough for Imran to dance to, I'm going to call it a dance number, sure. For that reason alone, I will take the right profile. Let's do a quick score check. London Calling for Me leads 5-2, to two, whereas Imran and Hannah both share the same score, 6-1, to one, London Calling. Okay. Moving on now to Teenage Lobotomy versus Lost in the Supermarket. What do, what do we reckon, Hannah? Okay, Teenage Lobotomy, it, it really demands your attention from the get-go. It's got like that Tom action um, on the drums, and it's also got like some chanting, so it really kind of grabs you in. And it's a really, really good track. I do really enjoy it. And I think, you can maybe correct me, I think it was on either a Guitar Hero or a Rock Band game. So that's what I associate with it. But I think it's a really, really good track. I do enjoy it. However, Lost in the Supermarket is such a totally different vibe, not just against the Ramones, but just just um, for the Clash in general. Um, I love the hi-hats in this track and the drums, which really complement and accent kind of missing pieces. I think the Clash are really good at doing that, at using instruments to, to fill in uh, bits and bobs, which is great. Uh, and it's so much more vulnerable for the clash so for me that 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 gives it the points i liked how you mentioned the drums in that clash song because that was the first thing i wrote down was the hi-hats i really liked that part of the song 
I liked how it was fast paced, but like kind of the rest of it was a bit like it wasn't lagging back, but it was a bit slower. And the the drums were just kind of doing their own thing. I liked how the vocals were a bit whispery. I liked the the bouncy kind of feel to it. Um, again, like this got that watery guitar sound in it. Um, yeah, the drums easily was a standout on this track for me. Um, I thought it was, very, it was a very interesting track. Um, Teenage Lobotomy. I I really loved the like the intro, particularly the the drums and then the chanting, then the bass comes in and then the guitar just like it all builds. And then I like how the verse transitions nicely, really nicely into the chorus. It's got that, it's got a bit of a chord change. I like the little drum break and the, you know, the bottom me. Like the, it's just, it's a really fun track. I, I would listen to this like any day of the week. It's just, if I was like trying to wake up and just running around doing something, I, I'd listen to a song, a song like this and Lost in the Supermarket, great track, but Teenage Lobotomy has got the point for me in this one. Jason? Yeah, interesting. Lost in the Supermarket, what I've got here... I've got here, well, lead interludes, they sound quite twangy. We're hearing Joe Strummer, Joe Strummer sing with the riff, kind of, I think, Lost. That kind of dynamic is at play. Yeah, I think... Imran, you've summed up pretty nicely what Teenage Lobotomy sounds like. There's not much else I can really add to that. But um, I think I'm going to side with Hannah here. Lost in the Supermarket, I think, will win it for me. Fair enough. It's a good track. I I can't deny the... like. It's just a very interesting track, yeah. especially after the whole album. It's been. It's like it's a bit different. And we're even further going down that road of The Clash, despite being, you know, being labelled a punk band. They are very much sound giving that chamber ensemble kind of sound. And, yeah, it gets, it gets curious as this album goes on. In fact, the next track I would actually say is probably one of my hidden gems. Like, I didn't expect a song like Clampdown to sound great. Like, actually, let's get to that point now. Do You Want to Dance versus Clampdown? There's some energy about Clampdown. There's some interesting effects going on in the interludes. And, you know, pretty basic riffage, I would argue. But, you know, there's some electricity about it, some high-octane energy about it, and there's some interesting effects. It does drag on a bit towards the end, I would argue. But, all in all, I quite enjoyed that one. I would have to agree with that a lot. Um, I thought this one was a bit heavy. It was, like, so far, like, out of... This whole album, this is probably the heaviest song that I've encountered on the album. And, you know, like I, I liked how the drums kind of flowed nice. Like this, it's kind of the same drums from the previous song. So it flowed a bit nicely. Good on your topper. Yeah. Good man. Um, he, yeah, it's a, like, it's a bit heavier. It's a bit different from the last song. And I like how the guitars have like, it's a, it's a bit of a different rhythm than the drums like the drums are kind of keeping track driving the driving the whole song and the bass and guitar like doing their own thing i like how the bridge kind of gets like a bit mellow and there's that that nice like high tremolo guitar thing going on then organ comes in i really liked that i am a sucker for an organ it's so good yeah i i wrote in my notes here that it's pretty catchy and i would dance to this so aside from the fact that it's going up against a song called do you want to dance you know, it's it's catchy, it's all right, but I would rather dance to Clampdown. I'm sorry. I think you've both put it much more eloquently than I can. I don't know what it is about Clampdown, but this is probably my favourite song on the album. If not, it's very, very high up there, and I can't quite 
describe why there's like something real magical about it like really just I'm just gonna say it, like it's just a really good song and I really like at the end you know the working hard in Hammersburg working hard in Petersburg I don't know why it just feels so like right on like just it's just really good it's just a really good track and there's like a bit of cowbell in there which is always fun but that's definitely a track I could listen to on repeat and then do you want to dance is it's a cover and I think they've done a good job in, I suppose, Ramonesifying it, but it doesn't really present anything new. It doesn't have the guts behind it, I don't think. Um, it's just a bit bland. But yeah, Clampdown is... Yeah, I don't know. And yeah, I'm a sucker for a synth as well. Maybe that has something to do with it, but it's just a really, really good track. Definite point on that one, please. The Clash. Yep, I think my point will be going to The Clash too. Do you want to dance, in my view, yep, yeah, uh, a Bobby Freeman cover, if we're going to be specific here? Uh, actually, there's one sentence I have here for Do You Want to Dance? I say, dance, more like raucous flailing. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, well, it's got that punk rock energy about it. Of course, there's going to be raucous flailing about to that song. Y- you could see a mosh pit forming on that one. Uh, Nothing wrong with a bit of raucous flailing. Yeah, exactly right, Hannah. But, uh, yeah, I find myself more drawn to clamp down. Yeah, clamp down. That, that, was, a, that was one of my, my big surprises from this record. That was... I enjoy Clampdown. Good song. Okay, next up, I Wanna Be Well, or I Wanna, 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 Wanna Be Well, versus The Guns of Brixton. I think the spite point's coming back, Hannah. Uh, Mine's not even out of spite. Mine's just I don't think it's a good song. I think I Wanna Be Well by The Ramones is way too repetitive, way too jarring. It sounds like a scratched CD. (laughs) Um, I yeah, Harsher I just think it's me. kind of I just a filler said track. It's just about bearable. <laughs> yeah, it's about bearable. Like first, first off, we had I don't care. Now we have I want to be well. Joey, if you want to be well, write about a song, mate. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, Guns of Brixton. Not out of spite. I actually think it's a better song. It's it's one of the only ones solely penned by the bass player Paul Simonon. So good job, Paul. And I think the bass line kind of does the talking in this track. I like it for the bass line alone. It's a little more reggae-inspired, which, yeah, which, which as I've made the point multiple times, I think The Clash are really good at picking out their musical influences and highlighting what they, what they want to explore and what, what they think is cool and what they think is good. So, I, uh, yeah, just respect that track for the exploration alone. Uh, that's a lot more eloquently than I put it in my notes. I've just got a lot of bends and boings and all sorts of noises. But uh, Imran, I think this sentence, I think, sums it up for me it's that it sounds like a funk song funk with an n a funk song but with punk vocals yep i would agree with that yeah i i thought it was a bit groovy this is one of the only songs i've written i don't normally pick like songs uh before i do the battles like kind of kind of like put a note next to it but the guns of brixton i put a little note on the side that i said like i like this a lot i'll probably pick this one because I just really liked it. I thought the bass line was very sexy. I liked the pick scraping at the start. That always gets me. It's got that whammy bar guitar riff happening. Like you said, Hannah, it's got that reggae kind of feel. A bit surfy, a bit laid back. I really liked it. There's lots of percussion and like drums and stuff. It's very like very relaxed vocals. But like you said, Jason, as well, like a funk song with punk vocals. It's yeah, it's just it's a really nice song. Um, I want to be well. No, I do not. I'm going to pick the Guns of Brixton. I like that you feel no need to elaborate on that Ramon song. No, I like that. <laughs> there's really not much I need to say. Yeah, don't waste your energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I guess it's got a bit more of a groove to it, but yeah, just vocally not great, and it's a bearable song for me. Speaking of, I can't give you anything I don't think isn't that bad, which goes against Wrong and Boyo. Mm. I can't give you anything. Um, I thought it was a brain worm. It just got in my head immediately. It's a bit of a, like, it's, I have not decided yet if that's a good or a bad thing because it just got in my head, the verse and the chorus, just like, as I was listening to it, just kind of, it went in there and nothing to do about it. Yeah. I mean, the song also faded out. There wasn't really much I wrote about this song, apart from that it was really catchy. Um, Wrong and Boyo, I thought was very interesting. There was a Beatles vibe happening at the start. I liked how the organ was really prominent. And then like suddenly it just like switched, completely threw me off guard. Still still had that Beatles vibe to it, but like just suddenly became this really upbeat, like pop song almost. I like how the drums kind of like go away for a little bit for one verse. It's a bit wild, a lot of wacky sounds in this song. It's very unpredictable and quirky. Um, yeah, probably going to pick Wrong and Boyo for this one. Hannah? Um, yeah, look, I can't give you anything. It, it's not that I didn't enjoy the song. I just didn't really know how to approach it. It's a good song. It's, yeah, it's a bit of an earworm, as you said, Imran. But I kind of just didn't really have an opinion on it. And then Wrong and Boyo, I probably wouldn't pick it as a standalone track. It's not something I'd usually listen to. I'm not... I've never really been big into Scar, but I think this is probably a little more like Scar influenced or at least went on to kind of like fill in that genre. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a fun, it's a bit of like a carnival track in the sense that it's a bit more fun. There's a bit more boppy stuff going on. It's, it's quite playful. And I, I see, I totally see what you mean by the Beatles vibe in Ram. I, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, but just be, just because it's not something I'd normally listen to, I think I'm going to go with Ramones on this one. I can't give you anything. I could go either way, I think, but no, I think a bit more stylistically and in terms of instrumentally what's going on, you know, there's a bit of synth in there, bit of a uh, bit of keys, uh, the bass drives it along quite well. Uh, and Wrong and Boy, another cover we should just mention, against, I can't give you anything, slightly different, different timbre to the guitars there, so... That's an observation I think I made there, but uh, I could go either way, but I'll go wrong on Boyo, I think. I think that's what I'm going to end up doing. Could go, again, could go either way. Uh, And we're approaching, actually, we're approaching the end of Rocket Rush, but they're now getting quite competitive. Ramona versus Death or Glory. Hannah. Ramona's a nice one. More jumpy, more happier. It's got a bit of, it's a bit cheeky to, Uh, bit cheeky. Ramona? bit cheeky um i do love a bit of cheeky in my music but ramona i actually found really annoying i didn't enjoy it at all it just i don't know i don't know it wasn't cringy or i can't think of a word to associate with it i just didn't enjoy it it was kind of like embarrassing to listen to Mm -hmm. (laughs) sorry um and then death or glory again as a standalone track probably wouldn't be my favorite but i think it's just a much more solid song in the sense that it's just in 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 a general sense it's stronger than ramona that, that's the only reason I'm picking the Clash of Death or Glory. I mean, Ramona. Um, haha, Ramones. Haha, Ramona. Um, probably <laughs> yeah. Hey, get to, it, get it. <laughs> yeah, so funny. Um, probably the closest to a ballad that the Ramones have ever gotten. Um, it's a really short song, though, from memory. I think it went for like a minute and a half or something. It's actually two and a half. Two and a half. I was close. 
Um, yeah, I I kind of had this is one of the songs that I thought kind of had a Rolling Stones vibe because it kind of has that like twelve bar blues uh, thing going without it being like a traditional twelve bar blues song. Oh, um, Ramona or Mona? Ooh, 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 ooh. So many, so many connections here going. <laughs> Um, Guys, we have we cracked it. We cracked the code. I think I think we've cracked the code. This is it. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, there isn't really much about Ramona that particularly stood out to me. I thought it was a bit different. I kind of I like I liked it, but like it's not the best song on the album. And I think I'd have to say about Death of Glory, like it's you know it's a nice song. I really liked the bass riff, like a lot in this song. The rest of it was kind of like, I, I could hear Guns N' Roses doing a song like this. One of those kind of songs. It's very repetitive. Um, it's tricky with these punk songs because you kind of get the idea of what they do, but there's not really much else you can really say, is there? Yeah. Like, they're good songs, but... They're not the songs you sit and digest or yeah, analyze. There's nothing about it that, yeah, this is something that I'd probably hear on the radio or something and think, oh, yeah. You know, that's a cool song. And then I'd forget about it two songs later. Uh, Death of Glory is probably up there in terms of, you know, maybe top five or top six tracks on London Calling, I reckon. Mm, yeah. There were some... Oh, I did write here, there were some cool guitar licks in Death of Glory that I really liked. There was a little break after the second chorus that had some really cool stuff happening. I think because, because I wrote more notes for Death of Glory, I'm going to pick that one. And because I really liked that bass riff at the start. Um, oh, can I jump back in with a point I forgot to make? Please do. Yes. Sorry, I'm good at that. I'm good at forgetting. Um, I really, the thing I think that I like about this song, Death or Glory, I should specify, is that it kind of harks back to the open in London calling because it goes like, ooh, ah, 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 ow. Like, obviously that was not a good impression, but it does have that kind of like howling element, which to me harks back, harks back to the opening track. I like the, the, like the like scatting thing that he does. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, final answer, Hannah, it's Death or Glory? Death or Glory for me, please. Okay, interesting. Yeah, again, I could go either way, I think. Um, you know what, just, because, just to be nice to it, I'll go Ramona, why not? not that, and that's not putting any, anything against Death or Glory. That is, a again, probably one of the top-tier songs off London Calling, but I'm just going to throw Ramona a bone, I reckon. That doesn't sound too bad. All right. Now we're at the... Uh, so we've only got two tracks left on Rock, Rocket to Russia, so our Gold Stone rule is going to be kicking in soon. But I think this is the battle of the weakest tracks, this one. Surf and Bird versus Coca-Cola. Oh, Jason, weakest tracks? Oh, I do not like Surf and Bird. <laughs> uh, I was just... Oh. You both don't like it? I cannot stand that song. I'll openly go on record and say I hate that song. Ah, I'm about to throw my laptop off this <laughs> table. Ah, I love that song. Can I ask why? Not a criticism. I'm just genuinely curious as to why you enjoy that song. Like the most fun song I've ever heard. It's it's so dumb and it's so like, <laughs> there's nothing to it and I love it. It's it's quite possibly the most dumb song I've ever heard. But I That love I it. agree with. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. There's something about it that just like, it just gets me every time. I just want to get up and I just want to like bird, 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 bird is a word. You know, just go nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid cover. 
but like I'm I just really like the song. Compare that to Coca-Cola, what do you say to that? Coca-Cola was alright. Um I liked the bass. I liked how it was upbeat, it was fast paced, it was, you know, the I like everything about it was just like fast and it was fun. Like it was it's actually I really liked it. It was a very solid track. Bit of a I wouldn't say a filler track, but like it's not a standout track, but it's very fun. It's something that you'd forget about and then listen to another time and be like, ah, oh, yeah, I like this song. Uh, um, what do you say, Hannah? Uh, well, I've already made my point pretty clear that I really hate the song Surf and Bird. <laughs> um, but I think Coca-Cola, I'm surprised you think that's one of the weaker ones on the track, on the album, Jason, because I actually quite enjoy that song, the way it clocks in it a minute 40 approximately um and i just think yeah it's a bit of fun it is i suppose a filler track in a sense but i don't say that in a negative way i just think it is what it is yeah i don't know i just i just really enjoy that one it's quite lighthearted. it's just a bit bouncy it's it's just fun that's all i can say about it so my points to coca-cola yeah okay i I think my point will be going to coca-cola but i think just my thing maybe it's just me taking the lyrics a bit too seriously even though i try and avoid all lyrical analysis here but it it's it's got to be a punk rock take on elevator music, surely. But, you know... Elevator going up. Yeah, but then it, it's exactly. also talking about, like, a gun and jumping out of a window and a crime taking place, so... It's Ooh, pretty... so an action film. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. Um, but I think it's really interesting. I, I've been holding off making this point, but you both keep saying, like, oh, for a punk album or for a punk band, it's not that punk, which... I agree with. I totally agree with that. But I think that's half the charm of London Calling is that you kind of don't really know what you're going to get next. Like every track is different. It's a very dynamic album. It just showcases the clash very well, which is why I think I'm quite partial to it, even though I'm trying to remain unbiased. But I think Coca-Cola demonstrates that as well. I'm certainly not saying uh, the fact that it doesn't sound traditionally punk is a way of knocking it. It's just a very nice, pleasant surprise as it being my first time exploring the clash. So... That's yeah. the that's the reason why I'm like, oh wow, this isn't like Sex Pistols type punk, or you know, or for uh, for its contemporaries that followed it, you know, like a Black Flag, My War kind of thing. You'd, that's the mm. kind of embedded mindset I'd have about punk rock, and to have something completely yeah. different like London Calling, it's like, oh wow, that's very interesting. Again, vocally, both singers Joe Strummer and Joey Ramone aren't my thing, but I can tolerate Strummer a little bit more. It just based on how the songs have been constructed. But I reckon, yeah, Hannah, I'd be with you. Coca-Cola for me. I do. And you know what? I'm not even sorry about it. Not even sorry about I, not picking Surfing I'm Birds. with you, Hannah. <laughs> I don't like Surfing Bird. Screw you guys. I'm picking Surfing Bird. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everyone, the re- you, you so rebellious. <laughs> Stick it to the man. Stick it to the... How very punk of you. Punk rock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The punk rock spirit is in Imran today. (laughs) But now, here we are. We're at the end of Rocket to Russia here. Why is it always this way versus the card cheat? Mm. Hmm. 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 We have an energetic closer for the Ramones, which is a good thing. Hmm. I... I don't mind the song. Why is it always this way? Um, it sounds like a Beatles song that I've heard before, but I don't remember what song I'm thinking of. But it's there's a song that like I think is maybe uses the same melody or progression of some sort. It's very catchy, you know. It's very. It, I think the chorus is very rhythmic. The fade out at the end was very long. 
But other than that, it was like, it's a simple, it's a Ramones song, I guess. It's what you want from the Ramones, maybe. The card cheat was very interesting. So that, that I'm pretty sure classifies as a ballad because it's kind of, it's a bit longer. It's got all the instruments in it. It's got the piano. It's got a, a lot happening in it. You've got like the bass and the verse feels very massive. The guitar riff and the piano as well happening all at the same time over the vocals and stuff. Um, I thought the vocals were very passionate in this song, which I thought added to added to that ballad vibe. Um, and then then this horn fanfare kind of comes in, which I think kind of makes it sound like this like hero song. It's got this like ending feel to it. Like you'd play this at the end of a movie or if when the hero saves the day, this is the song that you play. And I thought this was also like a very instrumentally based song. Like the, there was a lot more instrumental sections than vocals, which I thought was very interesting and pretty cool. Um, the Card Cheat, I think, is just a more interesting song than Why Is It Always This Way. It's a solid song, but I think the Card Cheat is going to be for me. Good stuff. Um, I think um, the Card Cheat, as you mentioned, the vocals are very passionate. I think that's what I like particularly about London Calling as an album. It, the vocals are very passionate and you can feel that coming through. Card, the Card Sheet is a track that's definitely more storytelling-based, um, quite cinematic. I agree, definitely agree with that point. I think you really have to work for it, though. You really have to, like, push through is maybe not the best way to phrase it, but you kind of have to earn it, I think. Not that I dislike the song. I think I think it's a, a very big, bold song for The Clash. However, I do think why is it always this way? I really like the harmonizing and like the little ooze in the background. It's it's very classic Ramones, as you mentioned. It, it's exactly what you'd expect from them. I think it's a pretty good closer by their standards, though. So just for that reason alone, I'm going for Ramones on this, keeping it short and sweet like they would. Let's do it. And I think those points that you've made, Hannah, are swaying me to kind of summing up my thoughts on it. However, Imran's take on the card sheet has made this battle a bit more competitive than I had anticipated. <sighs> now, I think I think Hannah's summed up why I kind of liked the Ramones closer. So I think I'll take that alongside you there, Hannah. And yeah, that's pretty much Rocket to Russia Gun, but how's this? We still have five more London Calling songs to talk about. Lordy, lordy, lord. Lordy, indeed. Now, Hannah, this is your first time on the show, so let me explain what happens next. These next five songs, from Lovers Rock all the way to Train in Vain, we can give them bonus points. Picture it as kind of like kindergarten, where if the song is very good that you'd seek out again... Or if you know if that song went up against a wide variety of other songs on the Ramones album, give it a gold star. And that can be the little bonus point that we give that track. So, with that in mind, Hannah, does Lovers Rock earn you a gold star? It absolutely does. Lovers Rock, without shadow of a doubt, is one of my favourite tracks on London Calling. I don't know if I need to elaborate. I don't know if I should elaborate, but I will. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I just think it's a really fantastic track. I mean, it's kind of like weirdly sexy, even though they're singing about contraception. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, I, I can't really elaborate on it. I just think it's a really, really good track. It's really catchy, a bit funky, good stuff. And I love that the last two minutes are just pretty much instrumental. Very good. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very sexy as well. Um <laughs> 
Yeah, like I got in my notes here. The first note I wrote was a bit romantic. Yeah, it just it kind of kind of got me. It's got that off-kilted groove to it. It's got like these really cool like guitar licks in it. I like how it kind of picks up the pace towards the end. And like the ending part especially was just like a nice big jam where it kind of it feels like it gets more low-key, but it picks up a bit of speed. Just a bit weird, but I really like that. Yeah. I think I'd give this a point too. I really liked this song. I liked the falsetto vocals as well over the top of the vocals. Um, that definitely was a standout. Imran, I was interested in what your take on the bridge would have been. How did that go again? How did that go again, Hannah? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't oh, want to have to sing it. Uh, if you can give us your best rendition, that'd be great. <laughs> Which bit the bridge? Because there was... Yeah, I just wanted Imran's opinion on that, but while he thinks of that, I was enjoy- I enjoyed a lot of the piano, mostly in the verses. I think it excelled at its best in the verses. Jazzy-style drums, loved the... It scratched a great itch. And, uh, yeah, it was very... Uh, it was interesting when you say it was sexy. Does sexy also equate to a kind of, like, kicked-back sort of energy? Sure, it can. Sexy is whatever you make it out to be. Yep. <laughs> I'm not going to gatekeep sexy, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's a clip. Cut yeah, put that, that on the cover. <laughs> Sounds like, I reckon, yeah, yeah, Love is Rock is probably one of the high points in this final stretch of London Calling. I'll join you. How about that? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Four Horsemen, on the other hand. What does everyone say to that? Um, It's an interesting song. I like it's very it's very straightforward. I like how the verse and the chorus are just kind of like mushed together. It's the same thing. It's kind of like three lines, and then it's got that one line at the end for the chorus. It's very punk rock. I like that. Um, I like that little middle part that resolves nicely back into like the main song. <laughs> the ending was a bit chaotic. Um, a lot of yelling vocals, guitar feedback, random cacophony. Is that the word? Um, yeah. Just mania. So there's like a phaser effect over that as well. Um, oh, just a quick question, Imran. That phaser, yeah. is, that what, is that that panning effect that we get in that outro? Is that what that is? Yeah, it's like a weird, like it pans and then it's got that weird... Ah. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah. It's a, I, I really like the ending, but I don't know if it's enough to give it a point. Um, i got to think about it. Anna, are you giving yeah, I'm in, I'm in the same boat in the sense that it's not a song that I don't enjoy, but whether it's worth a gold star, I'm not sure, because I think the second half of the song is probably the better half. Yeah. But the fact that we have to wait for it and, and, and get to it means it's not, it's not a song good enough to deserve a gold star at the moment for me. I don't think I'd give it one either. Look, it, it's no, it's no lovers rock, okay. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a step back then, hey. It's got a really good second half, but mm. yeah, not good enough for a gold point, I guess. All right, we'll let that one go. I'm not down. I thought this song flowed perfectly from the last song. Um, like they could kind of, they kind of like go together really well because the the kind of mania just kind of stops abruptly and then suddenly this comes in and it's got that tremolo guitar and got that effect that comes over it very funky i like the little rhythm switch that comes in 
Um, I thought this was a very well put together song. Like everything just kind of works together and it just, all the parts kind of flow really nicely. Um, I really liked the guitar riffs and stuff. Um, I thought it but, lacked a bit of a crunch. Yeah. Not a, I don't think I'm going to give this one a point. I want to put forward to Hannah. There's this change up in the drums in this song that gives you that very off-putting kind of feeling. And that was a that was an interesting moment, wasn't it, Hannah? Yeah, I think it was a bit unexpected in the sense that you just when you think you know what this song is a, is doing and what it's about, you're like, oh, hang on, oh, hang on, <laughs> caught me by surprise there, Topper. Um, not to, I actually think just going on the record, I think Topper Hayden is a fantastic drummer. I love his drum work. Oh, he's the but, MVP yeah, on this exact... whole album to a certain extent. He's incredible. I think I think as as, as raucous as some people associate punk to be. Maybe not this record in particular, but I think he's just very clean and tight and just, you know, knows exactly what's missing in a track. Uh, but anyway, back to this track. Yeah, I, I know the exact point you're referring to, and I think it does flow very well from the previous song, as you said, Imran, but whether or not it's deserving of a star, I think I'm going to have to pass. Oh, I'm on the borderline here. Actually, I've also written in my notes in run Beatles-esque opening, so from that transition, is that is that a fair judgment? I'm not quite sure. I would agree with that, yeah. Okay. It's a bit Beatles-y. Yeah, okay. Oh, do I or don't I? What are you going to do, Imran? I don't think I'm going to give it a point. Hmm. It's just It's a good track, but it's not strong enough. Uh, I think because I'm hesitating, I'll leave it. But it's close. That's that's a close one. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe once this is all over and I'm regretting it, I can give it a retroactive <laughs> bonus point or something like that. That's always a possibility, yeah. I guess. We've still got an outro. To once record. it goes to air, once it goes to air, you have your head in your hands, being like, "Oh no, what have I done?" <laughs> editor's note. Don't worry. There's always the editor's note. Um, okay. This one's transitions into Revolution Rock. This is very fifties, at least vocally. Starts with some bass in your left channel. Got some guitar guitar melodies in the in the right, and we got some keyboard in there. Mm-hmm. This track's a cover, just so you know. This Another is a cover. cover. This is a cover, uh, originally by um, Danny Danny Ray. I want to say. Okay. Um, oh. Again, not sure if, if that get... changes your opinion on it. Yeah. Again, if we get that wrong, fact checkers. Facebook.com forward slash Metal Standoff Pod. <laughs> Damn. I didn't know this was a cover because I thought this song was just like there. This kind of felt like the ending to the album for me because it kind of took everything that the album brought, uh, like that was interesting, like horns, organs, and other synths, weird, quirky sounds that they threw in randomly here and there, cool, like rhythm and percussion stuff, um, really interesting vocals and stuff. Um, just all into one massive song that just it's just what it just felt like one big jam it felt like everyone was just kind of like uh screw it let's just have fun on the last song and let's just boogie and they all just went for it you know it's a groovy it's got that reggae kind of feel it's it's just a really i really like the cymbal sound as well I'm, i really like the drums there's a keyboard solo in it like, it's a bit long, but, like, I think mm. it's justified because everyone just feels like they're jamming and, like, kind of finishing the album off with just, like, a bit of a, a bit of a vibe. Wow, okay. Nice. Imran, going full in. 
Revolution Rock. By the way, Hannah, I did do a quick little Google. Yeah, originally recorded by Danny Ray and the Revolutionaries. There you go. There you go. Huh. You learn something new every day. Ah, what do you say, Hannah? Bonus point? I I think definitely bonus point. I think, Imran, you've pretty much summed up everything I wanted to say about the track. I think, yeah, it's a nice melting pot of everything that's happened so far in the album. It, like, should accumulate to this point. I think this should be the last track on the album. I think it would have worked way better um, if the album finished there. And it kind of, like, not coming full circle, but a nice progression, I suppose, from the um, opener London calling that grittier track to this reggae groove-inspired um, track. Um, yeah, I think it's a good track. I mean, I don't normally listen to reggae, but I'm a pretty big fan of this song, and I think that's a good thing. If, if you're willing to listen to something out of a genre that you're not too fond of or too familiar with, big points for that alone. And yeah, I think I think calling it a jam session is also a really good, good call. Um, they just sound like they're having fun, which makes me enjoy the track as well, so point there. Hmm... You're all making good points, but listen, this is not a slight against Revolution Rock, but I'm going to hold off with my point. I'm going to hold off. Great points made, but I'll hold off and give it to Train in Vain. Oh. Oh, I didn't think it was between those two. It, it's not. If but it's I'm, between those two, it changes everything. It's definitely not a battle. I'm just going to hold off my point. We'll transition smoothly into Train in Vain. Stand by me. Slow build. Bit of a piano rock song faulty love song I put in my notes here. That was, I thought it was still a fun way to end the album, despite um, it not it being recorded. It got recorded after the artwork had been finalised, so it didn't appear on the track listing. Yeah, something weird like that. Like it was printed on the label or something weird. Like, I don't really know the history of it, but I think you're correct in saying that. Yeah. Again, I think I'm, I'd be willing to give that one another listen and give my point to that. It's a weird um, one, but I'm willing to do it's it. A bit, it's a bit of a weird one. It's a bit of a bop. I will say that. <laughs> Certified bop. <laughs> yeah. We 100%. use that term a lot on this show, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah. I, it, this song kind of gives me Fleetwood Mac vibes because, like, it's just, it's, it's a bit upbeat. It's a bit groovy. It's got that, like, it's got a cowbell in it. I like that. Um, it's also got a harmonica. I love harmonica. For me, there just really wasn't enough for the song, though, for me to give it a point. It's a solid song, but I don't know. Like, Revolution Rock was more interesting. I think Train in Vain is a good song, but I don't think should have been the last song. That's a fair assumption, I would say. I personally really like Train in Vain. I think it's actually maybe one of my favourite songs on the album. I don't quite know why. I think it's just um, short and sweet. It's a bit of like a... Uh, yeah, I suppose more romantic inclined. It's kind of like an I need you in my life kind of song. Short and sweet. Um, just, I just think it's nice to listen to. It's fairly simple. Um, I don't think it should have been the closer. I think it would have fit in a, a better in a different spot on the album. But yeah, I still quite like it. I'm willing to give it a point. You are, Oh, you're going to join me? You give it, give it the point? Mm-hmm. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Great to have your company, Hannah. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for that. And here we are. We've done it. We've just broken down Ramones and The Clash. Congratulations, everyone. We've done it. That's crazy. We did it. We went through bit by bit, shared a couple of laughs. Hannah's had her first official battle. This is She's been baptised into Great Metal Standoff Law, despite it being a punk I feel like album. I feel like a better person now, thanks for having me, guys. That's what no we do. At all. Um, Literally why we're here. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> 
Let's break down these final scores. Here we go. It's time to read out some results. The grand points, where are they all going to go? Well, actually, it's a bit of a foregone conclusion. I can't really do too much attention because the, the shortest margin is myself, London calling winning 12 to 4. That's the shortest margin of the entire battle. Let's read them out from ascent from lowest to highest. Second highest was Imran, London calling winning 13 to 3, and Hannah 14 to 3 for the clash. London calling has trounced it. That is an, an annihilation. That's pure. That's no contest. Yeah. Yeah, there's no point in any tension here. It's, it's, it's may as well have just been London calling versus no one. It's like 2011 <laughs> Geelong defeating Melbourne at Geelong. Yeah. <laughs> the time it took us to break down each Ramones track is probably the length of a Ramones track, to be honest. So. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we did have some high spots in there. Rockaway Beach, uh, why is it always this way? At least it has some quality opening tracks and then it ends on a high note so that's a point something going in the Ramones's favor but yeah London calling just there was so much curiosity that it got built between at least for myself being the first time Imran you were saying at the top of the show it's your first proper exploration correct yeah so it sounds like curiosity got the better of us didn't it yeah a little bit I mean so, so I... it's safe to assume that you both like this album and you're both happy that you listen to it oh yeah I'd say so. It, it, it didn't leave. It wasn't that remarkable. I think I've grown to respect it a lot more through this conversation, actually, by how much, how much we were able to get out of it in, from an analytical perspective. Because I know on first listen, I was like, eh, at least it had a really good start. Like London Calling, Brand New Cadillac, Jimmy Jazz, Hateful, just those four tracks alone. I was like, ooh, we're in for some fun here. It it petered out a little bit. I think that's due to its length, nineteen tracks, and not and you know it's. For a punk band, they're you know going beyond three minutes at a consistent, on a consistent basis. So there's that element there. But no, do you know what? London Calling won that bad. Hooray! How does it feel for you, Hannah, seeing that kind of scoreline? Well, um, for any listeners, you can't see me, but I'm dancing um to celebrate. Um, yeah, for me, I think I knew it was going to turn out this way. Um, because listening to Rocket to Russia, I just kind of knew it didn't have the guts of. London Calling, not in track length, but just in substance. I just didn't think it was, would match up too well. Um, but again, two very different, I suppose, stylings of punk. You've got your... To me, the, the Ramones are a bit of like a teenage band, and then The Clash are quite mature in comparison. But it's good It's good to have these two differences come together and figure it out. Good stuff. I'm, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> as the super fan, Hannah, as and as we wrap up here... Do you want to give us the top three favourite tracks of yours from both records? Ooh, okay. Let's start off with... Um, start with the Ramones. Rocket to Russia. Yeah, Rocket to Russia. I'll start off with Ramones. I'd say my three favourite tracks in no no particular order. Um, Rockaway Beach. Uh, Sheena is a punk rocker. Um, no, I'm taking that back. I'm going Rockaway Beach. I'm going Teenage Lobotomy and I'm going... Cretan or Cretan Hop, however you want to pronounce it. I think they are maybe three of their biggest tracks, but I think that's for a reason. I think they hold up better. They kind of command your attention a bit more. Love that. They've got that, like, I suppose, traditional punk energy that people would associate with the Ramones and with punk music. And then from London Calling, hmm. 
Oh, this is tricky. I think I really, really enjoy uh, Lover's Rock. Good one. Love that. Um, I also really enjoy London Calling Itself. Great track. And then possibly... I feel like no matter what I pick, I'm always going to... I'm going to wish I picked something else. But I also really enjoy Brand New Cadillac, I think. Let's let's go with those three. And there mm. you have it. That's That's a punk battle done here on the great Mills. Uh, <laughs> Hannah, i think we i think imran i speak for imran and myself we are very happy that we finally got you on the show oh thank you i was very very excited um yeah when you came to me and presented these battles i was really really excited to be part of it and then i was going through the archives like i'm just just happy to be involved and to to be in good company fellas and good on you, you imran for picking this one <laughs> uh anytime in the end, London Calling ran over Rocket to Russia, according to the three of us. Our thanks again goes to Hannah for joining us and taking part in the battle in what we hope is the first of many battles with us. As said at the top of the show, you can catch Hannah on the main punk and heavy metal show, Mosh Pit on Sin. It airs every Thursday, 8 to 10 p.m. on 90.7 DAB Plus Digital Radio or from your preferred device at syn.org.au. Plus, you can stay up to date with every song they play at facebook.com forward slash moshpitonsin. And while you're at it, stay up to date with this show, The Great Metal Standoff, at facebook.com forward slash metalstandoffpod and never miss a battle. That's all for now. Until next time. Metal up your ass.